All right, so we're going we're gonna to get on with it today. Um, we have a, we're still in Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians for a while. I'm looking through it. Uh, we're going to finish chapter 3 today. Uh, it's a, a time, I try real hard not to get into a, like an exegetical Bible study in church, but I do, in the morning service, you know, but I do want to uh, present some of these things today. I, I discovered something new today that I had never um, experienced or found before. I think you're going to enjoy that. Before the, the, this statement by Paul, this parenthetical statement, just to refresh your memory, if you go back to chapter 2, he was talking about the unity that exists in the body of Christ. We are all one people in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter your, um, your ethnicity or your socioeconomic status. We have all been made one. So it is for this reason that he gets to his prayer. I, I do want to start out this way. I mean, how many people know what prayer is? I mean, we all know what prayer is, right? Or maybe I should ask, how many of us struggle with a consistent prayer life? How many of us struggle being consistent in this prayer life? Is prayer something that we have relegated to what we do right before we fall asleep? Or right before we eat a meal? I know at our house every night we say a family prayer. It's not the way that I grew up. I mean, I grew up, you know, praying, obviously. But um, I learned right away that the family prayer became a recited prayer. Like, it became, it was distilled into the same thing every night. And so we stopped it. We, and we'll change it up every once in a while. This is not just a recited prayer. Uh, prayer is not just a duty to be performed. Um, some of you grew up in a liturgical tradition, uh, maybe uh, Anglican or Catholic or something like that, and you learned to recite the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene like, uh, prayer. Like there are certain things, and you would just recite those things. But I want us to remember that prayer is not something to be marked to checked off on our list. Prayer is not a duty to be performed by a Christian. Prayer is a direct connection with the living God. Prayer harkens back to the time that Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. It's our way of communicating with him, and when we get close to him, he communicates with us. It's, it's a way that we can hear him, and, and we speak to him, and we understand him. It's really going back to what Adam and Eve experienced. We we aren't able to walk with him now. Someday, that's going to happen. So today, Paul is showing us how to pray for others based on his own pattern of praying. So this is how Paul prays is what he says. So um, remember, he's talking in chapter 3, and he pauses, and then he says, now, for this reason, all the things he said before, unity and the gospel and the mystery and the boundless riches. For this reason, we have it up here. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a good prayer, right? Like, are you reading that going, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe, like that's, or did you check out? <laughs> well, that's okay. One of the things we're going to do today is dig right into it. Sorry, it's hard doing this one-handed. That's why this other mic, we'll get it fixed. Okay, uh, so we're going to start here in chapter 3, verse 16. All right, chapter 3, verse 16. Um, his prayer, he says, is that God would strengthen with his power. God strengthens people with his power. Like these are things that we read. These are things that we understand. These are things that we talk about. But do we really grasp what the, take a minute and think about what the power of God is. Seriously, what is the power of God? The, the power of God, in his power comes peace. In the power of God comes strength. In the power of God comes love. And in the power of God comes direction and purpose. The question for us today is, how much of his power is available to us? Now, some of you know, because I've talked about this, how I feel about this. I'm going to tell you a story about some of my experience. When I was, um, when God sends his power, he doesn't just send part of his power. I want to remind you of that. He doesn't just send us a little bit of his power. It's, he doesn't give you just a finger. He gives all of his power. When I was in my credentials interview before I was ordained as a pastor, I, I can remember I was sitting at this table, and it's an intimidating place to be because you, it, it was a table, and we were all sitting around, and, um, and I'm on the credentials board now. On the other side of that, I get to interview people who are coming to be ordained, and, and so I understand both sides of it now, but at the time, I was like, these guys, they all just, and, and ladies, they all just, they're ordained pastors, and they want to make sure that I know, and they just want to ask questions, and like, ooh, they're all high and mighty, and, uh, but there was one guy who I, I had a, a great deal of respect for. I mean, I respected them all, but, but this guy never, it never seemed like he was on a power trip, if you will, and so we were talking about what it means to be sanctified, to be filled with the Spirit, and I remember that he asked, he, I said something about when I pray for more of God. And he said, he stopped me, and I actually wrote down what he said, and I was going to tell you. He said, we often think that we should ask for more of God. But God has already poured all of himself out. How much of God we receive is entirely dependent on us. So God has given us his power. How much of his power we receive, that depends on us. How connected am I to God? How involved am I with him? How often am I talking to him? Am I only a mealtime prayer person? Or am I a unceasingly prayer person? Where do I land on that spectrum? And that's going to really determine a lot of 
where that power comes from. Because when we ask for the power of God, he is faithful to send all of it. The word translated as power here that, that we're reading in verse, uh, where are we at here? For, for this reason I pray, um, verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power from his spirit. That word power, and some of you may have heard this before, um, if you have the King James Version, it says might is the Greek word dunamis. Got it right here, dunamis, which means power or might. Um, it's also used when they talk about the miraculous power. It's the same word, the miraculous dunamis. It's the Greek root word where we get, maybe this helps you, where the English word comes from dynamite. It's, the, it's that root word. So it's to just say power really gives us a, a, a smaller version of it. There's more depth there. He's talking about the power of God. That power, that dynamite power, is available to us. And then he goes on in verse 17. Uh, through power that his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Now this is one of the cool things that I discovered just now, just this time this week. I was reading about it and I was like, dwell is a curious word. Have you ever thought about the word dwell? Like we don't really use that very much. Um, you know what it means, but the word dwell, we don't, it's a curious word. So I thought, what is that word in the Greek? This is sometimes when I'm studying, this is what I do. You see, the, the, well, the word is, uh, and I'll have it up here, katoikase means dwell. Okay, keep that in mind. The, the Greek word katoikase. Now, when he says this in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, he's not asking that we be saved. He's already dealt with that. When we be saved, we are saved when we ask Christ to forgive us for our sins. You know that. This is referencing something different, something more, that Christ may dwell in our hearts. Christ is already, we've already been saved, so that's not the same thing. This word, in, uh, to help us get a sense of this word, it really is made up of two Greek words. It's a conjunction, oikio and kata, to live in a home and down. So the translation, if you lived in the south, is down home. <laughs> really. Christ wants to be down home in your heart. He wants to be after the Thanksgiving meal with his shoes kicked off, watching the football game at home with a piece of cornbread. <laughs> Whatever that idea of down home, and I'm not making, this is Greek, I'm not making it up. This is a conjunction of the two, to dwell, to live in a home down. Is that crazy or what? It, it just, Paul's trying to paint the picture that Christ wants to dwell. He wants to be there. He wants to reside. He wants to hang out. Just dwell in your home. Just be with you. Do you have a friend like that? A lot of you know that uh, my friend Wes, his wife Becky passed away about a year ago now. She was our children's pastor for a while. And... Um, we went through a time where there was nothing I could say. There were no words. But he just wanted to dwell. He just wanted to spend time. Does that make sense? Like there's that, that word dwell is such a deep word that is what Christ wants 
in us. So it's not the time that we're saved. It's the time that he gets to dwell in our hearts. He wants to fully and comfortably occupy your home. What begins to happen in your life is that you start to walk more intimately with God. You start to uh, be so intimate with him that he extends to every part of your life. Because Jesus is dwelling in your heart. He's taking up residence there. And, and then Paul keeps going. Uh, he talks about the root of Christ in dwelling. In verse 17, the, the second half, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. You go from the inner strength to the indwelling Christ to the incomprehensible love. You literally become rooted and grounded in love. Now this is interesting too, that because love becomes the cause of every action of your life. Love becomes your motive. Some of you like to watch crime dramas, right? On TV, there's like a hundred of them on every night of the week. Uh, on any channel, you pick it, crime drama. And they're always looking, what's the motive? What's the motive? Why did they do that? What caused them to... When people look at us, they should understand that the motive is love. Why did they do that? Well, it's because of love. What caused them to act that way? It's, it's because of love. Why did they not get angry when that person got angry at them? Well, it's because of love. Love becomes the motive of every single thing in our life. It is the root, the core. You know, um, I, I, I want to mention this something as I'm talking about love. Is it a, is it a, it's not to be treated like a recharge. Um, I used to say, and I, I've heard people say, I want to come to church to be recharged. And I think church is important, and I think this gathering is biblical and something that we should be doing. And I think that we do have um, times, as Teresa talked about it during her prayer, that it is a time that we come together and we fellowship together and we, and we help each other, right? So there is value. But if, if love is our root then we don't really recharge spiritually at church. I think, I think that's maybe a misunderstanding. I, I, it's, it's like electricity. Sometimes we lose electricity at home, right? That's happened. You're at home. Now, did somebody go outside your house and cut the wire? No. Your wires are still connected. You know, it's, the power is what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out. Somewhere down the line, we became disconnected from the power, and we're relying on our batteries. If the love, if love is the root that's growing in our hearts, the source stays with us. We do enjoy our time on Sundays, and we need this, and God says we should gather. And we help each other, and we lean on each other, and we pray for each other, and and. Maybe we recharge each other. 
But spiritually, we should not lose that connection. This today is not what sustains us spiritually. It may feed your soul. You may get some, some great benefit from it. And, and believe me, I, I need it sometimes. I need somebody to prop me up. But spiritually, I have got to stay connected. And, and he keeps going. He talks about the power to grasp. Um, the end of verse 17. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, we just talked about, may have the power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ. When you live in the love of Jesus, you can literally grasp that love in all of its dimensions. I was, I was looking for something there, um, deep and wide and high, and he's just, Paul's just trying to say it's vast. It's huge. We, we can't comprehend it. It's large, and it's a love that doesn't just show up sometimes, and it doesn't just show up for certain people, and it doesn't have bitterness, and it doesn't have jealousy or envy or hate. It is a dominant love that is rooted in Jesus. The power we have is to grasp the limitless love of Jesus. We can understand it because we understand we've been given that ability through the Holy Spirit. This is why people ask, I don't understand it. Other people who don't know Jesus, they'll say, I don't get it. And we invite them in. Hey, come in and explore this and understand this, this love. And what Paul's doing here is very smart. Remember, this is why I keep going back to what he wrote before. He's connecting this to the fact that this love transcends every race and every nation and every tongue. The height of this love takes us to the throne room of God. And it transcends everything. Remember, he was talking about the freedom we have through Christ, that there is no slave or free, that we're all made one. He's trying to bring Jew and Gentile together. And then he says, and the way that happens is this love transcends that mess. Now we can exist in this mess if we want, but that's not what he wants for us. He wants us to exist at the height of that love. And then he, we, we remember, oh, I'm above this, all this mess. This is a love that is rooted in him. And here's another thing. This love reminds us that we have purpose. No one is beyond hope. And I don't know, you might be here today and wondering what your purpose is in life. It's right here. And if you're depressed and you're thinking, I don't know what to do and I don't know how to live and I don't know. No one is beyond hope. Our purpose as a believer in Jesus is to live in this love that others may experience it. You have a purpose. God has given you one. And the love of Christ dwells within us and gives us the supernatural ability, this is amazing, to comprehend the mystery 
of the gospel. That love dwells within us, and it begins to change us. And this is where it gets really cool. The Holy Spirit and God and Jesus, the same, right? God. As the Holy Spirit lives within us, and He is love, then he be, the, the characteristics of God begin to manifest themselves in my life because I find myself rooted in His love, that every action I take comes from Him. And then as I grow closer with Him, it becomes more and more and more and more apparent. I mean, I quite literally lose the desire to sin. I'm not saying you'll never sin again. I'm saying you don't want to because the Holy Spirit has so filled me. I don't want to choose against Him. I love Him. Right? It's a crazy thing. Isn't it awesome how that works? And, and it's, it's, it's just all found in love. You guys, y'all know how much I love love. I love it. Like, it's my favorite thing. And it's what God is. And it's, it's who he makes me, a person of love that's capable of loving anybody. So he helps me get past my prejudice, which is ev so evident in the world today. Everybody's prejudice against different political parties and different ethnicities and different, like, there's prejudice everywhere. But God helps me to rise above that. That's where we're at. His, and I just love that. His love becomes manifest in me so that I begin to have the characteristics of God. He created me in that image. This isn't a stretch. This isn't me saying, okay, one day after you die, maybe you'll get there. He created us in His image. And that Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit is in me restoring me to the image that he made me in. He made me like him. He wants me to be like him. And as I draw closer to him and his love is manifest in my life, I begin to display those characteristics. That's the system. That's, that's what he wants for us and from us. And, and we just have to live in it. This is the fullness of God that is available to everybody. And then he wraps up. And I'm going to invite the band. We're going to close. In fact, we're going to close with a time of prayer. Inviting the Holy Spirit to become the root of our spiritual lives. All right. Um, verse 20 and 21. So he says, now he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, so the one who is God and able to do more than we could ask or imagine, that work of, that he has in us, which is his love, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I think the question for us today is, are we going to allow Christ to dwell down home in my heart? I just, when I came across, when I read that this week, I just, I couldn't believe it. All these times dwell. I, I love the way that it's written in the Greek. He just wants to be down home. He just wants to be in my life and be comfortable there and be the root of love that allows me to expose other people to that love.
So if you guys would, let's stand here as we close. And God has been stirring in me for sure. And I know in some of you because we've talked the last several weeks. Church. This is what he wants to do. He wants us to be transformed. Some of you know this root that I'm talking about. You've been living it. The Holy Spirit has been manifesting characteristics of God in your life and it's amazing some of you today are like I've only done the first part I've only been saved but man Jesus isn't down home with me so this morning I just want to have that opportunity in our tradition several different churches have different ways of speaking about it. We call it being sanctified. It's the second work of the Spirit. It's, it's being filled with His Spirit. We, we give ourselves entirely to Him. God, not my desire, but Yours. I only want what You want. Would you make that your prayer this morning? If you just want to pray in your seat, if you want to pray around the altar, I just... Let's just spend a few moments and even before they start singing, let's just, God, we want to lean into this today. I do believe there are people here who have not invited you to be down home in their hearts. So today I ask that that would begin that you would stir in them this desire that we're talking about. And if that's you today that I'm talking about, just invite the Holy Spirit. You can comfortably say, I've been saved, Jesus has saved me, but I want what you're talking about. I want Jesus to be down home. I want the root of my belief in Him, my personality, the core of my being. I want that root to be the love that you're talking about today, Cal. So just make that your prayer. Holy Spirit, I give all of myself to you. Would you sanctify me holy? Would you, Holy Spirit, just move into my life? I give up my desire for yours. I only want what you want. today is the day that 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 growth begins and every day we grow a little more and we grow a little more something comes up in our life and and you say oh Jesus I don't want to do that take that away from me get a little closer it happens all at once and over a lifetime So today, God, I'm just asking that you would, Holy Spirit, settle in our midst today. Settle in our midst. I think of the children of Israel as they're coming out of Egypt and there appeared in the day a pillar of, like like a cloud, and then at night a pillar of fire, and that was you. I'm asking now that you would 
be with us in that way. Holy Spirit, in a tangible way, begin to move in our hearts right now. In Jesus' name. I believe all across the place, somebody, there are people who are making that their prayer. And again, if you want to come to these altars down here, kneel down and pray. Somebody can come pray with you. But let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move in us. because, And, and let's not stop it. My goodness, He is wanting to move in this church. He's wanting us to be a, a beacon of hope, of love in our community. He wants us to be the people who are showing others who He is. prayer today, God. Make us your vessel. Holy Spirit, fill us with your love that we may love others and reveal the manifold wisdom and the richness of Jesus to other people. I thank you for this church. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence today. Now go with us. Make us new. Change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, on your way out, a couple of things. Don't forget, next week, the Thanksgiving feast is going to be happening. And then uh, also check out our website. If you're not getting communications like the text or the emails or those kind of things, go to the website, lantana.church, and you can sign up for those there. So anyway, God bless you all. We'll see you Thursday night for prayer. 630.